Haley, we're doing our first full episode. I know. It's very exciting. All right. Hey, techies and artists, this is Working in the Wings. Mm -hmm. Episode number one, pilot. This is it. (laughs) We may or may not get greenlit, but you know who gets to greenlight? Us. We do. You're stuck with us. Yay. Okay, we thought it would be fun. Just before our interviews, we wanted to just give you more of a day-to-day look into our work lives because it is a job, but it's definitely a fun job. And we want to just share little stories or tidbits, either from what we're currently working on or maybe fun stories from before, because we have just as crazy stories of working backstage as the performers do. Exactly. So Haley, you've been, Haley has been in the treacherous trenches of tech right now. Yes, we opened Wednesday. So now it's oh, no that's more right. tech. I forgot. You're now well, no, but previous. I went on vacation. Or no, you're open? Huh, we open beat. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the difference between previews and opening previews is when they can still rehearse during the day yeah, and they can change any they can rehearse in the day they can watch the show and the director be like you know what i don't like this mm-hmm. we're gonna change it or um if they had like troubles with lines one day which honestly when it's a show where it like the one i'm in where the actors never leave the stage that is something that always happens and it's not their fault right. it's like an overload and they never like shut off so mm-hmm. there is never time to even like think you're just in the moment right and so they the director can watch the so- show on tuesday night and decide mm, i don't like that dialogue or that transition yeah. and they come in wednesday afternoon morning they rehearse new dialogue, new blocking, and then that evening mm-hmm. that is implemented. Mm-hmm. And, and it, yeah, I mean, they straight, they've straight up changed, uh, like, redid all of Act 2 cues. That's crazy. I mean, but they had the time. It was crazy, but right. we did it. Um, what I was saying was I was on vacation for a couple of days to go to a wedding. Yeah. And I am a wardrobe supervisor. That, that is what I am. That's my trademark. Um but with this show and some off-Broadway shows, you help out a little bit is what I call it. Well, mm-hmm. my helping out is rigging, <laughs> which I've never done before. Which, to give you a visual, Haley is maybe 5'3". Maybe. Maybe. Oh, that's sweet. Um, <laughs> I'm like 5'4", maybe. Oh, yeah, on really? a good day. Okay. Um, I really actually don't know. That's fair. That's why I never put but it Haley on But my... Haley is petite. Petite. Um, yes. Well... And I also just not strong. I have little bird hands and it's just not, I can't grip things. I just can't, it's not the, it's not even that I don't have the strength. I can't grip things. Right. So to have me hold a rope and like help like push up or down a set is just like whatever. But it's a very safe, it was very, they very much knew that they weren't hiring like professional riggers and that it was going to be like sweet little babes. So they made it very safe. But I, when I went on vacation, I was, like, feeling good about it. Like, women's rights. Like, I am, like, equality. Like, I am a strong, independent woman. Right. Came back from the wedding, and it was, like, looking at a new thing. All I do is pull a rope and then, like, help a set, like, fall slowly. Mm-hmm. And I, I just totally forgot, like, what was the thing. And I ended up smashing my fingers into it. Luckily not bruising. I didn't need to write like a report. If you get injured, like if an actor or a technician gets injured during the show or during a rehearsal, they have to fill out an accidents report um, for liability causes and everything. Even when you get sick and you need to go to the doctor, they're like, fill that out. We will not be sued. (laughs) But I mean, my finger, I'm fine now, but it was more of my pride because who I, Rodrigo, who is helping me, he's like, I think we need to run that again. I was like, no, I know this. I'm fine. And like, just to clarify, rigging is not an easy thing. No. Like you have to, when you think of 
the backstage of like a traditional theater. It's all those ropes that like run up into the heavens mm-hmm. and are like weighted down with weights and sandbags. And it's usually lifting like really heavy set pieces and flats. Yeah, and you could like easily that. like take out your back. Like, and again, I'll say this like, I'm not gonna say the show or what company I'm with, but they've made it very safe. I mean, it is off Broadway. Off Broadway is not union. Wow, I am so sorry about this construction that is probably being heard. I mean, I mean, welcome to New York, right? Welcome to New York. (laughs) Copyright laws. Okay. (laughs) So, Um, but yeah, so I think that's insane that you're rigging. I only smashed my finger once. I mean, I'm proud of you. I am too. At that, and then I was fine. Well, now I'm like hyper aware, like to the point mm-hmm. where like my butt is clenched the entire like 15 <laughs> there seconds. There is zero chill. There's zero. I'm just like in it. And Rodrigo's sitting there, like kind of like say la vie. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, we'll not let it happen again. Oh my god. But it's super safe. The actors are safe. We're safe. It was just that moment of like, it was wild that it come because that's never happened before. I've never left and come back to something and just be like like a complete newborn babe. Right. Except for when I watched Phantom of the Opera and forgot how theater worked. <laughs> <laughs> Haley and I went and saw Phantom of the Opera, which I am a swing over at, which means that I fill in as a substitute dresser whenever somebody is sick or unable to work. Sometimes I get called and sometimes I don't. It's a dangerous lifestyle to live mm-hmm. on. Um, and so we went and saw Phantom of the Opera because I had been working it for four or five months at this point and had never seen it on stage. So we go and see it, and we all think that we know what <laughs> Phantom is. Haley was such a good sport when I first got the job and watched the anniversary with Sierra Bogus with me. Mm-hmm. So we knew Phantom. There is a moment that made Haley full-on gasp. Like, like the audience does this polite little gasp and Haley just says, What? <laughs> just like, like like I we are still amazed by the magic of theater. Still just absolute like ba- like a, like and I had just seen Beetlejuice like two or three weeks later and was just like, Oh, that's fun and like being like, I know how that happened, like da 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 with that this show that I've known forever and I'm like <laughs> phantom i was literally like like (laughs) like just like how did like could not i can't i and i can't tell you if it was it probably i can tell you i i enjoyed the show immensely for someone who uh will slam it sometimes and be like everyone loves phantom yeah we all walked out of it with like stars in our eyes it's a good show it's a fun show i mean i've been running i can't i mean i haven't run it for that long but i've run it long enough to be like i know this show and it was stunning so like Hashtag not sponsored, but go see Phantom of the Opera, yeah, even if you think it's like, I think they're doing fine. Uh, they are, but <laughs> like, if you think it's dated or not cool or not hip, it is such a standard of theater that it just doesn't exist anymore, it, which I think yeah. is so cool. And it's it's something that even on tour, you don't see the same production. But touring is an amazing kind of, package within itself oh my god and i'm so excited for our first guest because our first week is on touring also just like pat back for that segue like just hashtag good segue what can i say because in my head i was like i was like oh does she know like that's who we're interviewing like that's so i was like (laughs) she did it on purpose yeah she did i love um I wanted everyone else to know that was on for that was like a very beautiful slide. Thank it was you. A very graceful slide. Thank in. you. Um, so, like we said, we're going to be bringing in friends. This friend is mine from college. Him and I met. Um, I think he was a freshman. I was a 
junior. I don't remember mm-hmm. how college works. It was an undergrad. I mean, that's it. Right? And, um, and then once you, like, get past senior, you're, you're like a care. super, th- yeah. you're super senior, and then you're just a sixth, seventh year. You're and then you're sad. just a, <laughs> you're just, then you're or just you're a really busy, house. and school is really expensive. I should not say it's sad. School is really expensive. I was Everybody super, has busy lives. I was a super senior. I kind of was. Anyways, wow, we got off topic. Um, <laughs> I met Mitch in college, and him and I are opposites when it comes to career. He is a lighting person, an electrician, I think is the word that we should use. I guess we'll find out. Um, and he is the reason I passed my lighting design class and probably my scene shop class because mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I had to do it for my degree. Yeah. Thankful to the teachers who made me have a round, well-rounded education until I had to do lighting hang, and then I wanted to cry. Oh, yeah. I skipped. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to skip? No, I no, no. We got skip. to choose. We got to choose between costumes, lighting, and set, and I went, oh, thank you, and went No, to we costume. did all three, plus <sighs> all the It's others. so important. It is. Like, because this is a tech podcast, so I should be like, it is very important to know all those things, but do not regret and do not hate that I did not have to take it. But, like, also know your strengths. And I realized that, like, Mitch's strength was so enlightening. It was amazing. Like, he understood all of the computer jargon. I just, I can't even go into it. No, it's so much that I'm just like, Right, it's mind-blowing. And I'm so proud of him because he is so talented. And I can't wait for you guys to kind of hear his like career path and he's so young too which I think is really inspiring because you know we get told so often oh you're such a baby oh you're so new whatever but like he is killing it at such a young age and I'm so proud of him and I respect him in what he does I know that he's a good teacher well because it's not even that lighting itself is difficult it's being a a touring and lighting like I don't even because just I I I just can't that's such a different because it's a whole new lifestyle plus the knack that you're in right we uh, we have a double win so many questions not only because it's lighting, but also because it's touring. I have minimal touring experience, which I'll explain a little bit later. And I have zero There you go, experience. which means that Haley is going to be the perfect person to ask questions. Like a newborn babe. <laughs> Again, just bringing that. That's the theme. Is newborn, this is a new podcast. New at rigging. New at touring. We're new at learning. We're learning. It's going to be fun. We hope you guys have fun. Um, Kitty cats, are you excited? Nope, both asleep on the tr- yep. on the tree. They don't care. They don't care. <laughs> Maybe if you guys are lucky, we will post photos of our kitty cats on our Instagram page. Which we'll, yeah, talk about more at the end. Mm-hmm. So for now, we are so excited for you to get to know Mitch Daly. Yeah, hey Mitch. Hi. Thank you for coming out with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Having some fun. All right, so let's just dive on into this. Okay, so... What got you into lighting design? Um, lighting specifically, um, I started that uh, actually just when I started in college. I um, started as a carpenter before, but once I kind of got into it and, and found more of a uh, like a good line of, of, of work, um, I guess the thing with carpentry is you're always building things differently, but with lighting it kept a set of rudimentary skills that you were able to learn within a trade and be able to... Um, I don't know. It was a lot easier. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> you, just, you just dived with it more. Yeah, I, I dived with it a little bit more. 
And carpentry is like building sets, just for the people out there who might not. Like, they probably do know that term, because, I mean, Nick Offerman talks about it. I mean, Jesus it. was a carpenter. So. You know, I forget <laughs> the biblical times. That was a good word. I'm sitting here trying to, like, be like, terms, terms. Everyone's like, everyone knows what a carpenter is. Anyway. <laughs> you know what? It's for the one person who did It's for that one person. I got your back. So. Yeah. Uh, so I started definitely more off as an electrician, getting to know the nuts and bolts you know learning what your instruments are learning your cable your your power distribution and things like that i think it came more into design uh once you get into all of that then um i took it to a corporate and concert setting first where it was as easy as setting colors for an event asking for client colors having a nice um wash on walls lighting main scenic pieces that were in the events um and that then turned into you know color theory and plotting out of instruments it's 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 a really big difference between just like the electrician and the lighting design and i think a lot of people enter this field trying to get into one way or another but you kind of have to know the electrician to get into design um and it's an end game of where you want to end up of you're going to split on a path at one point and have to really focus on one or the other i feel like it's that whole you gotta learn to crawl before you learn to walk and sometimes you want to just stay crawling Mm -hmm. yeah could you explain the difference between like what is an electrician or even like what does technician mean as opposed to designer because that's a distinction that we don't always i mean i don't even necessarily understand when it comes to electrics what i mean i know that there are designers and electricians but kind of how that changes, what's the difference, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think it goes into electrician is another, it's again one of those things of, of knowing your instruments and, and you're there to build the plot. I mean, the designer, everything starts with the design. Everything starts with the concept from the director, it goes to the design, and that designer is able to create their plot, figure out you know how they want to create certain effects if you're going to have you know um, a window in the scene, if you're going to be outside, inside, et cetera. Um, so having that design aspect of being able to really take a concept to heart, put all the pieces together in your mind, and then be able to create that and ways to create that. Um, but then I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with the electrician of you know all of your nuts and bolts um, to build a plot and build a design. Uh, you're taking that concept from the designer, and then you're translating that to what instruments are actually going to work and then putting those in place and getting them to work. Um, more of the troubleshooting standpoint of getting something up and running as opposed to just looking good. Right. Yeah. So like a plot is the roadmap of all of the lighting instruments and then the electrician is the one who goes and hangs all of those instruments wherever above the stage, I suppose. He wouldn't put them under most of the time. Uh, I mean... There's some wild, wild and crazy stuff out there. I mean, it's true. Typically, most electrics will be overhead, but there's always things that are, you know, it goes into set practicals as well. Uh, practical being a lamp or a chandelier that is sitting within a set. It could also be something as uh, just LED tape that sits on the outside of a window that you're, you know, coloring that window with, with a lighting. Um, I've also had um, a lot of traveling shows have lights in their decks um, as uplighting or in their stages mm-hmm. um, for like come from away in the trees they have little um, birdies which is like a 15 watt lamp like a small spotlight yeah a small little spotlight that they open up a, uh, a metal grate they put the light into it they into the deck into the floor mm-hmm. and then they close it and then that's going to uplight your trees to create again another feeling for that show that typically sits behind the band or mm-hmm. 
safe. Yeah, it's a really cool design. But yeah, the lights can be anywhere uh, in any shape or variety. So what was the show that kind of made you go, this is a path I want to go on? Oh, for lighting specifically? Yeah, um, just like a little thing where you went, I really enjoyed this. You know, uh, surprising enough, what really got me into design and, and what I think spoke to me on a good level was the Aladdin touring um, oh. show. So they're the new one by Disney. Um, their texture and their use of texture and plotting was huge. When you say um, texture. So texture, that would be um, for lighting sources like a gobos specifically, Got which is, goes before optics, but it's either a metal insert in a moving or glass, metal or glass. Um, insert into an accessory frame of a source four, which is your main um, incandescent light source, or a moving light, which is, yeah. Um, you know, you say you know, but we don't necessarily know. Like I, I told Haley, you helped me through most of my lighting class, so I didn't retain much. So. <laughs> uh, that is that is fair. Uh, I mean, uh, moving lights are the motorized uh, heads that have, uh, you can change the orientation uh, depending on your pan and tilt coordinates. And they have, um, I mean, they're massive and they can weigh a lot. And uh, they're a great thing because, I mean, you can have, uh, we can go back to, like, I don't know if you ever saw Guys and Dolls, but you can have um, a specific light on an actor and then an actor can, you know, travel towards the stage right and that mm -hmm. single light can stay on them and then move with them. Yeah. And also change color at the same time. So yeah. Which I think most people don't even notice, which is crazy because you're just like, yes, of course they're well lit, but you don't think of how much time and like math goes yes. into, yeah. you know, I making think, sure that yeah. that actor stays well lit. Yeah. Yeah. If people talk about um, how they never use math, if you want to go into lighting, no trigonometry. No. Uh, that's still my life to the day doing photometrics <sighs> for all the lights. Um, I mean, it's oh, great. Oh, I mean, that's, I respect it. Oh, but yeah. My I brain. Mean, well, and I feel, this is silly, but I was just sitting here, I was like, I feel like people only really like, think of what I say people, or me, if you think about it, like, you only see, like, the spot ops. Like, some people just, like, mm -hmm. if you, like, see it in, like, a media or someone's, like, trying to be, like, put the light on the actor, it's always, like, a, a spot op mm -hmm. doing it. I don't think people realize it's a whole, like, a machine, like, system mm -hmm. that has to be, that could be redone at any point. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, there. there's both. I mean, because if you think um, of a, a certain show, like, they're, you're going to have six or seven lights on an actor at a time and it's it's fun because the spotlight is the one typically you're gonna notice the most it's gonna be mm -hmm. um the at sometimes the brightest and it'll punch through the most and that's i mean a lot of broadway design has become a lot of isolation um meaning you're gonna have such a huge stage but in a smaller moment you're gonna want to have two or three lights on that actor in a really tight uh facility and then you're going to have you know a head and shoulders spotlight on them at 30% just to give a nice glow to their face so you're not losing all that expression from the actor. Um, but again, yeah, you, you were saying earlier that it's it's <laughs> you don't notice a lot of those things. People don't notice a lot of the lights um, until something goes wrong. If an actor is going to walk out of their light, um, you're going to notice they're going to yeah. be dark. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, I take a lot of pride on making sure my operators specifically are on top of the game and, and tracking their actors correctly so they're not playing connect the dots of if an actor walks out of their light the light moves back onto them and 
back and forth until you're just like, oh, okay, cool. Well, and you talked about how Aladdin was your favorite. The touring was your favorite. But you're on tour right now. So that's kind of a cute little. Yeah. Uh, the design stays the same typically between a Broadway show when it originates either in tech um, and then on Broadway. But to tour, it should almost be exactly the same. Um, they're going to cut some things. Um, but that show specifically I was talking about has great isolation um but they really use all of the lights and the best movement if you're gonna see you know a pod of dancers pod of dancers is that the plural i guess now the um, dolphins it's fine yeah we're gonna call that but if they're <laughs> moving from <laughs> i like that no that's what they're called in my head from now on yeah. awesome i love it um if they're tracking from you know stage left to stage right and they're doing a twirl then the light under them is also moving at the same time and at the same rate rotating with them um, so everything kind of moves as a cohesive unit, and it's just really, it's 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 tight. That just blows my mind. And so what show you are on with right now? That was bad grammar. Hang on. What show are you on yeah. tour with right now? Um, so I'm currently on tour with A Bronx Tale, the musical. Nice. Um, it originated um, Chaz Palminteri as a screenwriter, um, as well as it is his life story. It's basically an autobiographical um story of his life growing up in the Bronx at 187th and Belmont Avenue. Um, and that moved, he, he wrote this story as a one-man show initially, performed it for a long time. Um, was this before or after the film? This was before the film. Oh. So the, they went and some producers saw the show, came to Chaz, wanted to turn it into a movie. Um, and he said, I want to play Sonny. Um, which is the main gangster of that show. But he, uh, they said no. Um, and then I believe later on, don't quote me on a lot of this. This is all kind of through the grapevine and partially through Chaz uh, when I was talking to him last time. Um, but then uh, Robert De Niro got involved in the project and wanted to be be a part of it. And he's like, I want to be the dad. I also want to direct. Um, and then gave Chaz the yes, you can be sunny if you make this a reality for me. Mm-hmm. So that became the 1995 movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then years later, after its cult following, it got turned into a Broadway musical. Um, and it toured in, or it teched in, it was off-Broadway in New Jersey for a while. Then went to Broadway for three years, about 700 yeah. performances. Mm-hmm. And the first national tour happened. And that's when I joined. Um, so I joined about halfway through, actually, of the first national tour. And now I am carrying over into the second national as the show goes to a non-equity cast. Awesome. We will have to go into, at some point, we're going to have to explain what, like, first national, second national, equity, and non-equity. But basically, it means that it's been around once, and it's going out again. It has a new cast, correct, this time around. And a second national tour tends to get to go to the smaller towns. Mm -hmm. We will go deeper into that at some other point, but that's like half an episode in itself so we're yeah, gonna make so. you explain all of that <laughs> yeah because we just kind of want to know we talked about so you we talked about your designing or just like all the things you're interested in lighting but it's such a different world with touring mm-hmm. and so we kind of want to go into that like what is it like being out on the road and having to set up a show and then tear it down again and move to a whole new venue uh, I think as it is building most shows and tearing them down, it's a little heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, but it's great. Um, it's it's such a different feel. Um, you know, staying in a 
you know, a, a stationed show, I think as you guys called it, um, of building that, teching it for a few weeks, um, running it, and then, you know, loading out, striking it, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, it's different, but it's awesome. I'm trying to figure out how to put words to this. Um, being an electrician specifically on the show, I'm tasked with making everything exactly the same all of the time. And that's, that's a huge part of the touring industry is, is continuity um, and making sure that things are built, put together so that every show is the same every single time for the 200, 300 plus performances they're going to be doing with it over your course of the tour um it's let's do like simpler version what is like a day to like a day one breakdown you've entered a new city your semis are there with all your stuff you know what do you do i know you have load in which is where you're literally pulling everything off the truck and Mm -hmm. putting it into the theater so what does that kind of day-to-day look for you? Because I don't think people even realize how much, how many instruments and pieces and heavy whatevers you bring with you. Yeah. So what's your day look like on that? Um, so this tour specifically, uh, we do a single day load-in into a show the same night. Um, so on, <laughs> okay. I will travel uh, typically from city to city on a Monday, whether it be by a, via bus or airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, I will show up uh, Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. and I will actually typically a little earlier than that because I get to shake hands with all the house heads, meet all the locals, um, kind of get a good area of like what your push is going to be from your dock um, and onto the stage. Dock. dock. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I didn't see it that very well. You gotta push that duck. You gotta push that duck before you do anything. Um, but yeah, I I have the the great task of unloading the first truck. Um, I, I dump that truck, as, as we call it. Um, so I, I roll up, 6 a.m., I have my four truck loaders um, who I will task with pulling things off in what order, and I'll typically have someone catching on deck and placing um, everything off of the truck into various spots on the stage. Um, as we start, it becomes a lot of hurry up and wait which I think is a good name um, or a good little mantra for locals and being um, uh, an IATSE stagehand is that a lot of pieces are coming together in a very small amount of time and it has to be done to a T. Otherwise, it's going to hurt. You're going to waste a lot of time and it's going to become fairly troublesome. Um, So we will start with... um, typically starting all of our rigging, getting things up in the air. Um, So I will push off motor cases as well as all of my cable trunks. And then we will break out into our departments. Um, With this show specifically, we have, I mean, as you do in most, we have uh, carpentry, electrics, uh, costumes, props, and sound um, are all our main departments, and we're all working hand-in-hand. And we all handle each other's gear because the trucks are loaded, depending on, are offloaded, of what's needed first on deck. And that's why we start with rigging, is getting those motor points in the air so people can start working on stage and not have, you know, scary things um, floating mm-hmm. above them um, that are being worked on. And that's, that's, that's the hard hat time. Yeah, gotcha. Um, those got to come so off hard a little bit later. First. Hard hats first. Always wear your PPE. Let's put that <laughs> plug in there now. And locals are, just for clarification, they are people who live in that town. They're not on the road with you. 
And so they, you have that added challenge of introducing these people who have never had their hands on this show, this lighting design, and you're like, hang this here and do it in a timely fashion. Correct. I think that's that's a huge struggle is that we have, I mean, whether we're there for um, one night um, doing the load-in show and a load-out, uh, we could be there for three days or we could be there for three weeks. So it's really, yeah, I mean, it's the best way to communicate with those people, meet them, be kind to them, but also like, hey guys, I'm going to teach you how to do something. Let's hopefully do it as perfect as possible mm-hmm. in the allotted time so that we can get this show up and running. Um, and that's a huge challenge depending of, I mean, we're all there early. Um, yeah. We have to keep people motivated. And th- I mean, this is a whole nother discussion, but starting off, uh, stage hands are becoming um, a bit scarce. It's it's a lot of the older generations uh, than myself are, it's, it's a lot of legacied people that have been doing this for 40, 50 plus yeah. years. And sometimes they're just, tired and want to hang out and see their friends when they work and I'm like I got a show to put on in about eight ten hours you guys so yeah um but it's again everyone's really great typically how you meet but that's definitely one of the challenges you face is if you have unmotivated people or, or locals and it's it's going to be difficult for you to get things running and you have to really learn and figure out your inner personal communication skills to be like Let's do this. I, yeah, I feel like people in tour have to be, like, excellent communicators or excellent paperwork because of that. I mean, because when you're just stagnant and you know somebody's lazy, you're like, all right, well, Bob's lazy, so we won't give him this job. But when you're going to a new venue, you don't know who anyone is. And you have to be like, all right, I just have to think the best of all these people. I mean, <laughs> and, I mean, shows would not get done on tour without locals. There are no, some yeah. amazing oh. locals around 100%. the whole country. Yeah. yeah, there. I mean, there's two of us on 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 tour. There's a head electrician and then myself, the Jesus. assistant electrician, the head of front of house. Yeah, yeah, and we will have a team of uh, twelve people uh, is by our our contract. Yeah. We mm-hmm. have twelve people to delegate mm-hmm. all of our tasks. And in reality, it's only ten at first because I have to send two up to load all of my weight for the electrics, and they mm-hmm. they get to sit around and hang out on the rail and look over us from 50, 60 feet above. Oh, I can't. That and makes you, me dizzy. <laughs> you were a local in Denver, right? Correct. Um, so as soon as I graduated um, college, and I mean as soon as I knew I was eligible, um, I ran to my local office, Local 7 in Denver, and I was like, let's put me to work, please. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I want to be doing. I want to be, be touring. I want to meet all these people. And, mm-hmm. and that was a huge opportunity for me. Um, it was great. Um, Max Peterson. Um, oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he was the dispatcher for local seven so he was the one who was calling the people um in the hiring hall Mm -hmm. which is you can sign up for typically in most of your local cities um and they will send you to different gigs in the world or Mm -hmm. in the world in in your your area area, um uh, yeah anything that's under your jurisdiction um he needed fills so he put me at the buell and he put me at the ellie which is our our big regional theaters that had the touring productions come through and um network networking is a huge key so I shook everybody's hand I remembered names I learned what company they're working for I met the stage managers and I met as many people as I could to to really get myself you know a foot in the door and a a name to a face so if people ever see me or on a job application or anything then they they remember like oh yeah that was like that kid from Denver who just 
ran cable like a boss and you know yeah. helped out a lot could focus well and let's put him with us on the road i think that's so important when it comes to wanting to tour or just wanting to work in a larger capacity theater um you have to know people and you have to have a good personality mm-hmm. i have been told time and time again it's like you could be the best at your job but if you're not personable you're not going to get hired the person who has the better the more likable personality is probably going to get hired because you can teach skill. You can't teach personality, unfortunately. And I think like for anybody starting out, if you have a local in your area, if you've seen a touring show in your area, you have a local in your area. And finding out what that is, finding out what their qualifications are for whatever department you want, because that falls into wardrobe, wigs, sound, carpentry. Do they use locals? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every department uses locals. And so I think that's a great way to meet people not from your area and kind of learn firsthand what touring is like. Even if you don't get called for a lot of shows at first, you're still learning learning behind behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so important. That was the one thing I didn't do in Denver. I was going to get on the list, but I just you know, got out of there and moved to New York City instead. Yeah, you, it's just, doing cut, well, you so. just, you know, went up a couple oh, of steps. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so you had mentioned that some days you're in a show, one, like, in a city for one day, maybe three weeks, da, da, da. like, personally, what is that life like, living out of a suitcase, and also the fact that, like, especially a show you put up in one day, and then leave, like, you didn't even sleep in that city. You literally just, I'm guessing, you just literally packed up and left. Like, what is that type of life like? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you look at me with these eyes like, oh, nitty gritty. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely one of the toughest parts of, of getting used to. Um, I mean, it depends on how much you actually like um, having downtime. <laughs> I'm, I'm, or having stability. Or have, yeah, yeah, definitely stability. Um, if people love stability, then the road is not entirely a place for you. Um, and, that's like bad to say because there's a great amount of stability, but it's also the stability is the job. Um, at, at one point, the best advice I got uh, when I first uh, started on the road was that like the gig and the show becomes the easy part. Um, so the first three weeks of learning this show, um, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina and Cleveland, Ohio. That was insane. Um, it was I mean, me, myself, being uh, the spotlight operator and learning with my locals, I had to learn, A, how to load in the show and load out the show with only getting to do that once a week. But I mean, I, I, I did one one-week sit and then another three-week sit. So my first four weeks, I only loaded that show in twice. When you say sit, you mean staying in one city Correct. for three weeks. Correct. Um, so that was that was tough of, of always having that information in my head so I can pull it for the next time I use it. But also, I mean, during that two-hour performance, I'm speaking the entire time. I'm calling cues to my operators, giving them their um, sizes, their intensities, their frame, and which actor they're picking up in what position on stage, and their fade times. Like That all has to be internally memorized for me as well as on my own track, which is what I'm, who I'm lighting with yeah. my spotlight, that became, sig- like, that was the tough part. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you have all of that, and, it, you know, my track becomes muscle memory, and my call becomes 
just my call and I can adapt that depending on my locals and, and changing it so that they understand better what they're doing and you know making sure like if someone messed up a queue the night before then I'm like giving them a heads up of hey there's that tricky queue coming up here's what you're doing and go um, once all of that is said and done then it's figuring out where you're gonna do laundry or like where you're gonna eat or if you can cook at where you're staying mm-hmm. um, it's I mean I'm okay with hotel rooms don't get me wrong yeah. like I'm all for it um, because I I mean with the schedule we hold I have that one first day of the 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. where I'm at the theater just doing the big old push of building the show and then doing the sh- uh, running it um, after that, I mean, if I'm in a city for more than a week, then my call time is an hour and a half to two hours before the show. Yeah. So I have a eight o'clock show. I'm not called until 6 p.m. I'll be out of there by 10. That's four hours of my day where I'm working. Mm-hmm. So typically, um, sleep in, uh, hang out, mm-hmm. really rest because the travel does get to you, whether it be time zone or... Uh, how great you think your locals are or the people you meet like it's it's a demanding job mentally at times and so what do you have like what are your personal staples in your suitcase in your road box that like helps you succeed as a human not even just as a technician but like to be a healthy hopefully mostly awake human what do you have to have with you on tour or just sane or just sane. because sometimes you just can't be healthy Haley couldn't be sane without her Coke. Diet. Um, <laughs> Diet Coke. But I know her, and I know that, like, that's something she would need, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for me specifically, I mean, I, I have all my dated items. I have my clothes. Um, so I travel with two suitcases. Well, I would hope that oh, you yeah. have clothes. Uh, Man, like. <laughs> well, yes. yes. Listen, just live your life in the box, nudist or not, you know? It's fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm the over-prepared person. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm packing all of my stuff and I'm, I'm making sure that I'm set up like if I'm ever sick, like I have my little vitamin bag or I have like a first aid bag. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for entertainment as well, cause I'm a bit of a nerd. I, I travel gaming consoles. Yes. Um, right. so I have a Pelican full of a PS4 and the Nintendo Switch. Because you should, I mean, even though your job is to tour and to entertain other people, like, you should still be taking care of your own mental health, and sometimes that is playing a video game or watching a movie, mm-hmm. you know. Was there something that you didn't take on tour at first that you learned from other people that you were like, oh my gosh, I wish I had that on tour, and that you brought um, the second time around? If, I mean, my own hard hat. That's really all I got. Okay. Having your own, like, I was, yeah. I mean, tools is important. Yeah, find tools, out what tools work better. Yes, tools are definitely the most important. Um, I mean, know what your job and your gig requires mm-hmm. and have that stuff with right. you. Yeah. There are going to be a lot of the things the show provides. Like, I have two work boxes full of drills and wrenches and pliers and tape and all that jazz because all of that's, I mean, that's necessary to run the show. Right. But there are obviously, obviously some like personal items that I have for myself. Um, like my sea wrenches, my knives, my multi-tool, like my steel toes, hard hats, right. 
What is a steel toe? Um, boot. It's boot in there. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Answered that question for myself. I mean, it's like any question I ask, you be like, let's clarify. It's like no, it's the good. easy. No, that's the second thing where it's like, clarify this. It's like a shoe. Oh, yeah. People most people, but I didn't know what a steel toe was until I was in college and somebody was like, I was wearing, you know, Toms or something backstage and they were like, those are not good shoes. And they were like, you have to wear things that where if something lands on them, it bounces off of them. I mean, yes and no, depending on, like, your track, for sure. It's just closed-toed. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I have yet to lose a digit, so I'm fine. Yeah, fingers crossed on that. But <laughs> we're, we're even the same way with, like, station shows, you know, shows that start and end in the same city, I think is the best way to describe a station same show. Same city, same, same theater. Same, same theater. Venue. But we do the same thing. Like, I have, I'm left-handed, so I have a pair of left-handed shears that I always take. I have... If I'm doing wardrobe, I have an apron that I use. I have particular hairbrushes and combs mm. for wigs. You know, it's the same thing where if you're using tools that you're familiar with and comfortable with, I think it removes one less variable among the well, million. And I always bring just because like my biggest fear is like smelling bad. Cause I have to get up. I have to get yes. up close and personal with actors. So I have like dry shampoo at my theater. I have deodorant. I have body spray. I have lotion. Cause I'm like, listen. They, they may, I may look haggard, but they're going to, I'm going to have the softest hands in the city. Damn straight. You know? I guess you don't have to worry about that. We are like face to face with the actors at all times. I mean, I'm, I'll be the same way though. I mean, after I load in like in, in my gig bag, I will always have, typically on loading days, I have a whole extra pair of clothes. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I would just like really to say socks. to everyone, if you are sweaty, just bring extra clothes and yeah. deodorant. Cause like everybody knows if you feel like you're kind of gross, you are gross. <laughs> and everybody can tell. Like, I can't, it, it falls to the wardrobe department to correct an actor about their hygiene. Um, I've had it a couple times where you just have to help an actor out and be like, hey, bro, I think you need to reapply deodorant. And I think if we just all took more personal effort in, like, being aware of, like, having gum on you and deodorant at all times, I think it makes a big difference. Hmm. And it's... So friendly to your coworkers. The more you know. <laughs> um, what do you think is the coolest thing about touring? Because you're obviously still new at it, and it's exciting. Mm. It's so cool yeah. that you're on tour. You literally get to go everywhere, even if there's some cities you don't stay in as much. Like you're, it's literally traveling the United States. Yeah, I think the coolest thing definitely is is traveling, is mm-hmm. seeing the cities um, or the random little towns mm-hmm. that I'm in. Um, it's it's the best because I get to meet a ton of people. I get to befriend a lot of people for you know either a day or a few weeks, and I, I get to know my operators. I get to know the locals really well. I get to figure out. Um, my biggest thing is seeing the city like through their eyes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and the locals are always gonna know like the best place to grab Thai food, yeah, um, right. which I will always try and find. <laughs> um, so meeting those people seeing the city um and just it, it it it's the one thing that stays fresh in this job um i'm as myself as a show operator i'm skeptical at times of long sit downs or uh, long running shows mm-hmm. i don't know how many times um in college or in outside theaters that i was running a show and i would have you know two or three cues during a two and a half hour run of like the tempest mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, Mitch and I worked on The Tempest together. I saw that face. Yeah. I didn't do anything during that show uh, no, either. Neither of us did anything no. during that show. 
so it's something like that that's really tough of um thankfully during this show I'm I'm super active but that would be the most difficult part is if I'm not during active during a show which mm-hmm. down the road I'm taking on a different position I may not be um but that's what I get to look forward to is going out and and seeing the sights per se mm-hmm. I'm not the super touristy person who's just like yeah. let's go to all of the big travel mm-hmm. right. like hubs um I like show me the little hole in the wall like let's go there um I can't tell you how many bartenders I've uh, befriended um around <laughs> cities um and um like BFF Jeff yeah right? he's you my favorite guy been, like biggest social butterfly oh yeah like, day social one of college butterfly. is how we became friends because Mitch was so easy to talk to and he was always befriending anybody new in the department it's it's your nature which I think makes you stay sane if you're stuck with I mean not stuck with but you're traveling with how many people are on the road with you Con- consistently yeah I think with this show it's 11 or 12 that's just in technicians right? just technicians right. yeah but less than like what 17 actors not even like we're in the tw- I think as a whole company we're 48 in total but that's still not that many people to spend no, a whole year with it's really yeah. not. And so you can definitely, like, that was my get high school class. nerves. There's yeah. going to be drama. And so if you don't meet people outside of it, I, f- I would go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's a great way to see the city is through other people mm-hmm. instead of just, mm-hmm. like, going to Disneyland when you're in California or whatever. I mean, except... I mean, I know you're <laughs> like, whoa, 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 You still whoa, have whoa, to go. Like, Mitch, what's your relationship with Disney? Oh, um, it's, it's one that goes way back. Not really way back. I mean, I visited a long time ago. Uh, I used to be an entertainment technician uh, for a Walt Disney World in oh, the parks in Florida. Super cool. Yeah, so I took on a, uh, a professional internship with them. They have their college program and then their PIs, as we called. Um, and I, being one of, I think it was four of us that semester, uh, the fall semester, we uh, came in and, unlike all of the other uh, technicians, the entertainment technicians, uh, we got to work in all of the parks. So if you're hired by that company as an uh, ET, mm-hmm. right? Electric entertainment technician. There's too many acronyms, so it's hard for me to jump out of them. Fine. Totally fine. Uh, I'll we work my hardest. Yeah, all Sorry. for it. There, so if you're hired, you're in one park, you do the same job the whole time? Yeah, exactly. And you can jump between the five or six stages that they'll have there. Within like just Magic Kingdom or just Epcot. Exactly. That kind of thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. As opposed to what you were doing. Which was we worked about a park a month. We were there for oh. four and a half months. Um, and we got to like kind of choose um, where we wanted to go at certain points to figure out um I mean, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite thing was working at Epcot because uh, they have, th- in in my experience and in how I hold my job, like as specifically like an electrician, like I've done design, but I love the nuts and bolts. I love putting things together, yeah. doing the troubleshooting. That would be World Showplace at Epcot, um, which is their main corporate area where they have a preset lighting rig that you get to go in and adjust to tables refocus Mm -hmm. and have concerts in there or the american gardens theater at the american pavilion Mm -hmm. um that's where they have a lot of their live stage shows so it was changeover for different bands and working you know the the eat to the beat concert series etc it's it's either you can do more of the hands-on um events and and keeping busy or you can be at hollywood studios and doing the frozen 
sing-along celebration at the Hyperion Theater. Oh, there we go. Which is uh, nine shows a day and (laughs) listening to Let It Go 18 times a day. I couldn't. So how did you even hear about that? Because I feel like, so you did it in college, I remember, Mm -hmm. because it was really cool that Mitch got to leave Denver, Colorado in the fall and be in Florida, which is better weather. Um, So how did you find that internship even um so it's similar to how i found this job actually as well um if you are a technical theater student um one of the big organizations you want to know about is USITT or yes. the united states institute of theater technology there you go yeah I was you did not remember nope. yep Mm-mm. well you know USITT is how i got hired for music theater that's wichita. how i got hired for wichita yeah. too. Yeah. that's oh, yeah. how you got hired did for I wichita did i tell you that Haley and i we met at music theater wichita and oh, okay yeah. well is she the one you originally came out here yeah yeah uh perfect yes. Haley and i both met we were like we don't know what we're doing let's live together let's, let's go to live new york together perfect <laughs> but yeah so we found music theater sorry go back to what usitt is um so it is a uh, great organization that works um with colleges and it as well as the professional industry it's kind of like a bridging factor between all of the large uh, manufacturers corporations as well as grad schools and other summer stock companies and they come together for the USATT Expo each year typically around in March Um, and they have a big trade show with workshops and um, an expo floor where they have all these people you can go talk to and I would say if you're a student graduate or undergrad I would just print out like 30 of your resumes and just go to booth to booth because honestly that's how one that's that's how how I did, how I got called back for MTW, yeah. but also Disney Design was like, "Are you available?" Mm-hmm. Like they wanted to talk to me, and I was yeah. like, "I'm in grad school," and my professor would not let me leave to do that. I know I did so many interviews at USATT, and I I worked for two different summer stock companies because of it. Mm. I think that is the best advice we can give to any college technician: is like, go to USITT. Go, it's fun. You there's learn so, so much. many. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. so much to do at USITT. And so That's Disney a had a booth there, right? And you interviewed. Right? Correct. Yeah. So um, I yeah, I mean, printed out a ton of resumes. Um, I I didn't actually. I talked to a lot of people, but it really depended if I gave them my my resume or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of I, I felt out each person, each company before I really was just like, all right, this is. I had a very specific mindset of yeah. of the steps of how I started college and where I wanted to end up in right. this industry. Like I knew what my steps wanted to be, um, so I stalked around the Disney booth for a while, um, and kind of just I I looked and learned who all of the people were talking to. And like, if you start talking to one person, you're gonna get passed off to another person. Like two or three people down the road, you're gonna be talking to this person. Let's call him Dirk. Dirk Ring is the Epcot manager uh, of the parks, and I was like, I want to talk to him. Um, So I went. (laughs) (laughs) You cut through the middleman. I I cut through the middleman. Um, I talked to Urshan Pickney, who's a coordinator. He was great. Uh, and then he's like, after just a few sentences of like, hey man, like I've been seeing what's going on here, talking to a lot of people, like I'm interested to see what you guys have going on. He's like, let me just get you to talk to Dirk. And I was like, nice. sweet, perfect. Um, <laughs> Eb, <laughs> had a, you know, talk to him. Um, I'm trying, trying to remember a lot of that interview. I talked to him for about like six minutes, really not that long. And he was like, do you just real quick, do you want to come? work at the parks, see what's up. Do you want to learn about this stuff? I mean, I like, I like a lot of your event design. I like um, 
obviously you travel a lot and 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 have done you know I, at that time I had done some regional tours with 5k runs through a couple production companies what, uh, wait what what show like you lit it uh, was like races yeah so you know like like the foam glow or this was called color buzz specifically I did not even know that those had lighting people well yeah because it's like the the Where you get all the weird goop all over you and there's a bunch of uv lights and then there's like oh, dance party sure. and stuff okay. yeah so basically we had like little trusses that we set up along the 5k route that would have speakers and like little sirens to like light the way and have you know just hype people up i suppose but i did that with jake Tatera. Oh, cool. um, so him and I did that for a little bit. So I had some of that experience and just events and college and I, I, I don't know. You, you you know, you have what you're doing. Um, I feel like a you lot know of it your just skills. happens without you noticing. It, it really does. It really does. You're having a conversation with somebody. And I, I went strictly as a goal just to have a conversation with them, just yeah. to talk to them. I wasn't like, so when are your guys' programs starting? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are your programs or internships like I didn't ask any of those questions I was just like what do you guys do in the parks like what's your favorite part about working there and just being a conversationalist Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah I talked to him for a few minutes he offered me a position and four months later I was in Florida Oh, yeah, you got the position at USIDT, right? Did you I, get offered there? I got offered at the at the end of that, like, six-minute conversation. That's right. Um, that's, that's insane. Yeah, because I, I remember that. I remember walking uh, by you, and you're like, I'm going to go talk to Disney. And then, like, I got a job with Disney. Like, that same night, we had, like, a group dinner, and Mitch was like, I have a job with Disney. And everyone's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I just, yeah. like, went and talked to this guy, and he offered me a position. <laughs> so. I think we do. I mean, we definitely luck out. Actors, I don't know how they do it, man. I acted I'm for so fun, sorry. but like, they they work their butts off mm-hmm. and they expose the like most real raw parts of themselves, and then they get told no a million times, and then we're over here just like, hi, how are you? And like most of the time, most of my jobs have been based off of somebody said you're cool. You want to come work with me? Yeah, mm. like it's so great. much of like yeah, because like my recent designer was like, I gave your name to this person, see what happens. Right, it's re- it really is that kind of, and I'll be like, oh, wait, I've talked to you. all comes back to personality, and I've talked to you like actresses who have auditioned for Disney, and they literally got shunned out of a part, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but they like got, um, not shunned from a part, but they didn't get a part because of height. Yeah. Very strict. Disney very, is very, very strict. strict. Yeah. Disney is its own world when it comes to everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to work for Disney, awesome. Work your butt off. Yes. <laughs> or have a six-minute conversation at a Apparently, booth. Apparently. I mean. Real <laughs> personal. <laughs> it's, it's definitely its own own little world. Mitch is also very talented. We should give him that he probably Wait. looked impressive on his resume at that point, too. Oh, I mean, I, th- I think they know that by now, <laughs> that he's very talented. Um, and yeah, it's... Uh... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. What's a show, if you could tour with any show, what would you tour with? Ooh. Like, dream show. Um, Okay, right now I have uh, a few friends working on Dear Evan Hansen, the oh, national tour. Oh, yeah. That's got to be such a cool show lighting-wise. Oh, it's beautiful. That yeah. and video. Um, those are kind of okay. shoved in together in the oh. same world um, by new touring standards. Um, that, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really finding the subject matter of the show. of, of You want to do something fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's the Donna, Donna Summer musical coming out. My friend is doing props. For that, just yeah. props. Yeah, oh, um, we'll have a conversation after this. I know the new head props person. He just came off a tour with me of oh, Bronx awesome. Yeah, so he's he's great. She'll have a, she'll have a blast. He was, he was my best friend on, on oh, that tour. Oh, that's wonderful. Look at 
a small world. Um, yeah, shout out Seth Leach. Shout out Sarah Shiras. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would go on with that. But, again, it's finding the subject matter of a show you, you're interested in, you're having fun with. Um, if I were doing, like, I was a touring, not a touring, I was a local who had a show call for Les Miserables wow. uh, when it came through Denver. And I did that for three weeks as it sat down. Um, wow. I, Lame is yeah for three weeks. Mary Anderson, wonderful, wonderful woman. Uh, she was the front of house operator. She called. She called all of our mm-hmm. cues. There was four spots. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how she did it. It was three and a is half. A, is it? I'm assuming it's a massive show. It's a huge show. Huge show. Lots of people. Like lots of cues. Well, hit or miss. Lots of cues. I mean, mm-hmm. depends on how many people are on stage. Um, but it's that's a slow show. Yeah, and it's all the same. I I would I would fall asleep during that show. Do you mean it's like another like hurry up and wait where you do like two or three cues, which is where? How do we describe what cues are? It's this. Um, I think. Um, I, I would say a cue is like. I was like, <laughs> a cue is a cue. A cue I is mean, a cue. yeah, it could be a light change. It could yeah, be scenery like movement. One, it could be exactly. a prop handoff. It's, it could be a you're being pay, told when page. to do something yeah. right. within the script. Right, and usually it's kind of someone one, is two, calling three. the cues, yeah. stage manager or or the lighting operator. Yeah. So, um, in most shows stage managers are going to be calling um, scenery changes mm-hmm. um, as well as rail cues for the fly rail. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they will be calling light cues as well. And depending on sound, sound typically is just a, a cue light, which is a little indicator right. that goes off. Well, I have to get a stage manager that. in here to explain cueing and how all that works. Because yeah. I will stand behind a stage manager sometimes and just be like, ah, it's not my monkeys. I'm on headset for my show, and I actually have to take it down because it's like, especially at the part where I do my little weird mm-hmm. thing that I talked about earlier. It's like go da 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 da, and I'm like I, I can't pay attention to this, yeah. like because it's literally like six or seven things happening at once, and she's just calm, cool, and collected, and it all goes beautiful. I'm just like no. Yeah, stage managers are their own breed. They're wonderful yeah. people. They do so much because they handle. I mean, all the communication between the actors, the crew, the mm-hmm. designers, the directors, but they're also running the show. There's you know the ASMs backstage running deck tracks, and right. they'll rotate who does the call. That job is. Right just intense yeah all all inclusive to be a stage manager is to have a different brain a hundred just i it blows my mind and i think i I guess you could say that about every everyone though because like has a different brain yeah everyone has a different Different brain brain. (laughs) Um, but i think cues are our choreography i guess yes that's the best way yeah like i'll call my cues for the show that will coincide with the stage management's cues and i think it's, it's so cool at how many cues you don't notice what happens. I remember in college we did Spring Awakening, and you know the <laughs> song Totally Effed, and they, I was ASM for that show, assistant stage manager, and so I was sitting in the back of the house right behind the lighting designer, and I was just watching her, and she was doing go, 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 in which you would press a button on go, and there were like 17 cues in this four-minute song, and I was like, I didn't even notice that the lights were changing that much or like this was coming on and that was going off and I was like oh oh my god you did so much and you just you enhance the mood mm-hmm. of what's happening without anybody even noticing like I'm starting to feel angsty I'm starting to feel like I'm at a rock concert and they don't even notice it right because it's mm-hmm. yeah it's the lyrics and the dancing but it's there's so much more and lighting does create I think creates the most mood out of anything for a yes. show you know? oh are you yeah I don't I it tells the audience like what to what, feel. What to feel. Not to think, but what to feel. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It helps enhance what the actor mm-hmm. is doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you want somebody to look sick and feel real uncomfortable, you just throw a green light on. <laughs> that's what Disney does. <laughs> in a rudimentary way. Dude, that's what Disney does with all of their villains. Like in the in any animation. Sure. And you look in the background, any Maleficent. animation in a uh, uh, Coco when you find out uh, Ernesto Don't de la spoil Cruz. Coco. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a scene where it turns green. Yeah. Whatever. It's been out for two years. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like hopefully that's lighting. Yeah, lighting. I hope that's glass shattering to some people who will now like see not just theater, but will watch you know animated films even and be like, oh, that color means bad, or mm-hmm. that color yeah. means romantic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That color means nighttime because that also makes yeah. a difference. Color theory, like, and that's what you were saying. Why you love lighting too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's coming all around. It's it's definitely multidimensional yeah. on, on on what you're gonna see, how you're gonna feel, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and what you're going to see. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 yeah. It's one of those things where I don't think people realize until they get into things like that, that color really does, like, connect somewhere in the brain for a certain feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Mitch, we want to support all of our friends around in technician jobs because I feel like, you know, we just don't get as much, like, celebration. If you have a friend... In any department, anywhere around the world, it's working on something that you just want to say, hey, good job, I'm proud of you, I see you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead to uh, Mike Anderson, uh, who was my previous head electrician. Uh, great guy. Um, hope to work with him again in the future. He's currently on Dear Evan Hansen as their uh, advance lighting technician. Oh, nice. Um, so shout out to him if he ever comes across this. If you see Dear Evan Hansen, Make sure you say, hey, Mike, I see what you're doing. You're doing a good job. Hopefully now you'll notice it. Yeah. I mean, in the same vein, we just worked on the SpongeBob tour, getting that up Mm -hmm. and out. Mm -hmm. We worked on stitching for it. And so I want to say, go Danae, head of wigs, and go Kelsey, head of wardrobe, and Angela, the assistant. That show's a beast. It's so much, and And they're going to be great. Y'all are going to see more costumes, and you won't even notice a lot of them. You won't. There's but so many, like, just passing little monsters, but they're yeah. killing it. So proud of them. All right, tell us where we can find you, if you'd care to share any of that stuff. Oh, yeah, the whole social media game. You don't have to. No. If you stay a secret, we'll let you No, I don't it. have to. Uh, I don't post very much. I'm trying to get a lot better about that. I've been off of social media for a while. It's just my cat right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Currently, you can see my adventures over at Daily Dose MD on Instagram. That's daily, like the daily news, but with an E. All right. Well, like always, you can find us on Instagram at Working in the Wings, spelled exactly like the logo. And we're the only one there so far. We are. We are small, but we're going to post more too. And subscribe and leave us a review on Apple iTunes if mm-hmm. you feel so inclined. And you can also find us on Spotify. Thanks for coming, Mitch. Yeah, thanks for having me both. Bye-bye. Bye.